episode number three of Expressions from the Heart. My name is Sarah Melody, and today I am interviewing uh, one of my friends, I'm, I'm grateful to call a friend, Vanessa Marie Dewsbury from The Soul Evolution. Welcome, Vanessa. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining on a beautiful day, and I'm keeping you inside right now. Oh, so it. how are you today? <laughs> I'm good. It's kind of cooler today, so um, I'll just spend time packing for the move. Oh, right. You're in the middle of a move right now. That's a big life change mm, amongst many changes during these times of social distancing and COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to this conversation today or this podcast, it's all about um, a bit of yoga, mental health, music, creativity, and it's called Expressions from the Heart because it's candid conversations really truly from the heart. I want to introduce you a little further. So Vanessa is a Reiki master, spiritual guide, and author, and she's been doing this for several years now. Actually, you might be able to say that more correctly than I can, Vanessa. How many years have you been in this field of work? Um, I opened my Reiki practice in June 2014. Oh, so, great. Yeah, literally, this will be six years then. Congratulations. Yeah, actually, it's funny because my memory showed up that it was six years today, so probably have to share that. It's always good to celebrate all those little, all those little miles, milestones. Well, not even little, we don't, I don't want to think like that. You know how people talk about um, supporting small businesses and I always think, mm -hmm. let's think big. Like don't even think of ourselves as small, just supporting our business. So. Absolutely. And I love that you said milestones. I feel like um, during these times right now, when we're recording this podcast is during these times of COVID and this new way of living and very much I've been thinking about how time has changed. We used to measure things by year or um, by birth dates or by certain aspects in our life, but right now everything seems to be changing by the hour. So it was really great that you said milestones and that it's not necessarily, not necessarily by time, but more about you know wherever we're at on that journey. So today I wanna to talk a little bit about, um, can you give us a background for those that don't know what Reiki is? Can you give us a little introduction to what that is? Yeah, so Reiki is energy work and it's tapping into the universal life force energy around us. So we know there is an energy field around us. Um, so as a Reiki practitioner, we tap into that and use that energy for healing, for healing our, our clients and the people that we're working with. And it's kind of hard to explain you know, when you hear about energy work, because it's not tangible or you can't see it. But to me, the simplicity of Reiki is love. It's the energy of love. So we're tapping into that energy and we're holding space for someone from a non-judgmental place. And we're setting the intention of helping that person with their healing, because I don't see myself as a healer. We're, we are our own healers. Um, but I assist people on their healing journey by using this energy and to be laying on a massage table for an hour, just relaxing and going into a deep meditative state is just very healing. We can be really busy, right? So we don't really take that time to do that. So yeah. Um, and then the energy, the Reiki energy kind of releases blocks and stagnant energy in our body. Because as you know, like we talk a lot about, like we carry physical or sorry, emotional things um, come up physically in our body. So it's, and we can have that for years. So it's using the Reiki energy to kind of flush it out of our system and then bring a new positive and, and healing and serving energy. Now this word energy. So being in my field of yoga teacher, um, 
I use that word a lot, but for someone that does not connect with that word, how would you break it down for them? Um, well, to be honest, like when people come for Reiki, I, I don't really talk about the energy aspect. I let people know that I said at the least you're going to feel is very relaxed. So I'm, I, it's kind of interesting because you can kind of know your audience of knowing what words to use. So it's a better understanding. So I just say it's a time to like relax and go within and just let yourself be and allow whatever to happen to happen. So I'm mindful of the wording. Um, well, energy is just like our, our food fuels our energy. You can feel our energy depleted. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it's just like, I don't know, an, an invisible life force that we need to keep up and keep elevated by foods, by exercise, by yoga, by meditation. Now, if someone comes to you with this expectation of, okay, I want to feel really relaxed or I want to work through a piece of trauma or they come to you with a specific thing and have this expectation and we can't always control what we're going to get out of that session. How do you manage that or how do you mitigate that with someone coming with high expectations to you for a service? Um, have you had that experience before? Um, no, actually, I, I, I don't think people have come not sharing their expectation. What I find is people are really open about Reiki or they wouldn't be coming. A lot of my Reiki students will say, do you have people like coming for Reiki and they don't believe in it? And they're I'm like, no, definitely people are here because they're open to it and they're curious about it. But I find a lot of people will say, like, I don't have any expectations, just whatever happens. So a lot of people don't have that. And maybe some people do and they don't share it. But I always say, to, like I said earlier, like, at the least someone will feel is relaxed. Like, you can't not feel relaxed. So if that expectation is met, but I just find people are just open, allowing to what happened to take place. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've actually gifted a family member one of your services before and I tried to explain it myself and I just realized just to allow them to have their own experience and get whatever they needed out of it and not with me sharing how I relate to Reiki or what I get out of it. Yeah, yeah, because we're all unique, right? Or we're going to have different things that the Reiki energy is going to work on. So to try to explain it, just like you said, just go and have your own experience. I can't really tell you how it's going to be. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Now, for you, did you have an aha moment that got you to Reiki? Tell me a bit about your own, your own path to it. Yeah, so I was massaging Joe's back, just rubbing his back, and I was going to the places where he had pain and inflammation. So I, could, I feel Reiki is like clumps of energy and heat. So I'd work on that area, and he's like, oh, you always know where my pain is. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And I used to have people say I had magic hands, so I didn't know why. So I just shared a post about it. I'm like, I know this sounds weird, but I feel like I can do healing work with my hands. So I had no idea what Reiki was. And then someone's like, oh, that's Reiki energy. And this was during my health issues. So I just Googled Reiki energy. And then I, found, I was just drawn to it. And then I found a practitioner, a Reiki master, Dawn, and she attuned me to my level one. And then that was it. Six months later, I had, like I said, I had healing issues. So I, I was telling my body, like, when I am better, because I felt like I needed to heal myself first, heal thyself so others may be healed. And when I was better, I would start working with people. So six months after that, I began, I opened up and then that was it. It's been, and I just wanted to say in there for people, because I do know you and for the people that don't know you, Joe is your partner. Yeah. So that's probably very 
um, must have been a beautiful connection to have that on someone that you're already so close to and then finding your talents through that person that you love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's really beautiful. You've never shared that story with me before. I guess I've never asked that question before. Yeah. Um, in terms of it wasn't someone else introducing it to you. You found your own talent and, and did your homework. So before Reiki, I know that you're a very creative person. You've done photography and many different realms of that. Um, do you find that those two are connected, the photography and the Reiki being creative, or are they totally separate? Um, well, it'd be interesting because, yeah, I had my Reiki for t- photography business for 12 years, and I was always able to capture the essence of someone, like almost capture their soul. So I don't know, like, like I said, Reiki stems from love. So I think when we're being creative and we're connected to the energy of love, then we're in that element. It's like an authentic place. And so I think it's always linked, um, which is interesting because as you, we talked about, I'm moving and I'm drawn, part of me is like, because we're going to be living in the country, I'm kind of drawn to like start my, do my photography again with like spiritual people and like capturing for their business or like we've done it before I'm feeling absolutely yeah I'm feeling called to to do that again and I love that you just said that because the one of the reasons I connected with you in the beginning and we're going almost 11 years back when you and I first met um, me doing music and you doing photography was your work your art wasn't all of this touch up that we see in media you always try to find that natural light and bring in um, you know, like you said, similar to Reiki, that, that sense of love. And I felt really comfortable with you immediately uh, and very safe with you as well. So I'm sure your other clients have felt the same way. Um, I think that's quite beautiful that you bring in, yeah, the natural elements and that you're going back to your, to your roots of that. Was there anything that really got you into photography at that time or was like, what got you there? Yeah, it's so neat to think of how things are divinely guided. And when I had, it started because I had my daycare. And I had my daycare because I had my children and I wanted to be home with them. So I, um, I would take pictures of the daycare children with their parents' permission, of course. And one of the parents was a model agent. So I showed her a picture I'd taken of her daughter and she's like, oh, do you do that professionally or is it just a hobby? Because she really liked it. And I thought, this is like a woman that discovered like some of the top models in the world. So I thought if she could see something, then there must be something there. So that is actually how I started my photography business. And then I've like photographed like Jim Cuddy and like Cheech and Chung. I think it was Tommy Chung. Or Cheech and <laughs> but yeah, so many people that in, I don't know, it's just really weird. So anyway, yeah, it's all like divinely guided all these things. It's like someone sees it within me first and then it kind of piques my curiosity and then go on the journey of that. That's beautiful. Now, one of my favorite questions to ask uh, friends and people on the podcast is, what is your why? Like what, what gets you out of bed out of the, in the morning? Um, well, my why, I used to say my why was to help people, which I do love doing, but I realized that was a surface why. Our why goes really deep. Our why stems from our childhood. And I think for me, my why was just, I was in a very dark place and I had my first boyfriend die in a car accident and I was in like unhealthy, abusive relationships. And I guess I felt kind of misunderstood and and alone. So I went through my own healing journey and that just made me want to be be able to help other people where they are, where they're in the dark and they need to see some light because I didn't have that. 
So my why is just because I've been there and I want to extend my, my hand to help others along their path so they don't feel alone. Just like my first book on the back, it says you are not alone. And a lot of people read that and it hits them right in the soul because we can feel really alone in a world full of millions of people. We can feel really alone. So I want to be able to provide that healing space and that deep listening um, ear for people. Can you talk a little bit more about your book? And I know you have two now, and I would love for you to introduce it um, to our audience. Yeah, so my first book is Heart is Where the Home Is, which I released January 11th, 2018. And I had wrote a year before that it was going to be a bestseller. And then a year, almost to the date, within a week, <clears throat> I found my journal where I'd written that, and it became a bestseller in like three categories. Um, and then my second book is Majestic Reflections, which is affirmations. Um, and not just, it's like affirmations, but it goes deep into them. So it's almost like self-inquiry. So there's places to journal in the book as well. Yeah, I love that part about, I find when you're reading something that's more connected to whether self-help or uh, productivity or development that you want to be able to make notes. So I really love that about your second book, mm -hmm. but the OCD in me, <laughs> the type A is like, yeah. I don't want to write in the book because if I open to this page next year, it could be a different answer. Yeah. Um, but I really, really love that about that book, that it is a journal along with it. Mm -hmm. And with your first book, I've used it in my own yoga classes and it feels, um, it's so interesting that you can just open up to a page and feel so connected to it in that time and space. Yeah. Um, I think, again, the type A in me, or used to be the type A in me, I would start a book from the beginning. And I remember that you shared with me that put that book on your heart and just open to a random page. Yeah. And as I started connecting more with the book that way, it became more aligned with where I was at, whether it was um, me teaching a class and someone in that room needed to hear that message, or yeah. it was a message I needed to hear myself. Yeah. I, I work non-linear, so I do things in like if I'm to plan um, uh, a retreat or something like I just put it out first and see the interest and then I plan it so I kind of work kind of quote-unquote backwards mm -hmm. but that's why I wrote the book because I'm just like a, a free spirit I to do things properly in order kind of doesn't align with me <clears throat> so I wrote it in that way and I love it because I'll have I have a certain client that he'll be like in disbelief that he'll literally be journaling about something and open the book and it's talking about the same thing. Like he'll call me. He's like, okay, you won't even believe this. So I love that people <laughs> can do it that way. And I inspired another writer to write her book the same way. Cause she thought it, she was so stuck and it had to be a certain way. And I inspired her by her seeing how I wrote that. It's just our thoughts that we're just putting on paper and you know, there's doesn't have to be structured. It just, it's completely authentic in that moment that, and that's where it shows up. That's, that's really beautiful. Now, again, you've been really great. I think you've um, been, you've lucked out, or maybe that's a lack of word, that a lot of your clients and a lot of people that you connect with in the community are already believers and understanding of Reiki and energy. When someone opens to a page and it connects so well to them, have you any, had anyone that's skeptical and says like, what does this mean? How did this work out? Did you, like, are you a magician? Have you ever had that? Well, people tell me magic all the time. Um, no, I think after a while, people are just like, just surrendering to it. They're just like, and you know, our logical brain wants to understand things. So I do talk to people that want to understand how things work, the logistics of it. But I have to, I say like, sometimes we're not meant to know everything. We're not meant to figure everything out and understand everything. 
our words are just language. It's the feeling of things, right? And I, I operate my whole life and business like 99%, probably 100 on intuition, my choices that I make, my clients that I take, the, the courses, everything is based on my feeling. So of course there'll be the logic part, but it has to align with how I'm feeling. So yeah, I just let people like, it is like, let it be what it is and just embrace it. And I love that. I always think back to when, you know, even in the beginning myself, when I started getting on my path and being more open and you hear opinions from friends and family, they're like, oh, that, you know, that's magic or that doesn't make any sense or how could that be when they're disbelief? And I actually had to go back to being a little girl and thinking about, I believed in Santa Claus till I was about 12 years old and yeah. I still believe in Santa and how amazing that just felt to believe in something that you didn't need to know the answer to, like you said earlier, how great that felt, the magic of it, how it felt light and fun. Yeah. And I think we're missing that as adults. Yeah. Yeah, we've disconnected almost from the, the joy and the magic. And I say even with businesses to my clients that I coach, like it needs to be, it doesn't have to be hard work. As soon as we've made it hard and we've, we've taken away the joy and the happiness and the bliss and the excitement of it, then we've put on too much, almost too much expectations of ourselves. It's, we, we should be showing up, like this is where we're working right now and we're enjoying this conversation and this is gonna help serve someone else. Um, so yeah, you're right. Sometimes we have disconnected from the, the joy and the excitement, um, of what we're doing. How do you find joy? Just being present. Joy is in the act of being vulnerable and not trying to control the moment and just being open and present. That's how I, I being vulnerable, being vulnerable to me is like, <laughs> that doesn't give me lots of joy. <laughs> Being, explain gives, that for me. It gives me joy because I used to, when I would feel like I'm having moments of joy, driving in the car and the sun shining and I'm having a teen, I feel lovely. And back in, when I had a lot of anxiety, I would, my mind would say, you shouldn't be happy. Like something can go wrong. Like my mind would actually try to steal my joy. But to mm. be vulnerable to me means even if something did happen or to vulnerable to me is just being open and not trying to control or worry or have anything else in my mind of thoughts than just allowing whatever's in that present moment to be. So I had to be vulnerable enough to not try to control any moments and allow myself to experience joy. Beautiful. I think we all have different um, relationships to certain words. So maybe vulnerable for me sounds heavy, but to you it sounds pretty open. I think that's what I got from it is being open. Um, yeah. Vulnerability to me is the root of, uh, the root to, to authenticity. Hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about mental health. Cause you mentioned anxiety there and this podcast does touch on that. Um, but mental health can be a heavy conversation at times and how do we make it more accessible and a more approachable kind of conversation? And what is your experience with that? Um, well, for starters, I remember when I was going through my anxiety health journey and people would ask if I'm okay. And I would, just someone asking if I'm okay would make me want to cry. But I would say, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. I'm good. So I think for starters, it's if we're not okay, to not be afraid to actually share that and express that. That opens, that opens the door. 
the moment we say, oh, I'm fine, we've actually shut off whatever was wanting to come out at that moment, we've shut it off, an opportunity to share and express and release and find some healing. So allowing ourselves to say, like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And, and you know, finding someone that you can, safe that you can share and talk with. Because if we're not talking and we're repressing all of our feelings, I feel like a lot of depression is repression of our feelings, of doing things that we aren't really aligned with or don't enjoy. So um, it's just being um, open enough to allow ourselves to say, this is how I'm feeling, but to share it. Because every time we're holding something in, we're just causing and creating this all its mental turmoil. So we need to release that in a way. So talking to someone, that's why therapy, counseling, guidance, that's so healing for people. They get to talk it out of their energy system. So for me, and I remember my connection to yoga, and this might be similar to your connection to Reiki, or as you go on your path, again, now that, I'm, um, now that I know the story behind it, that you were introduced to Reiki by helping a loved one, and it kind of just came to you. Um, with yoga, I remember going to classes and thinking like, wow, that teacher up there, their life must be so perfect or so calm. And I'm sure that people have that same um, perception of you with the role that you hold and the role that you play in the community. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Like, how, how do you stay so calm? Like right now I'm having this conversation with you and you are so calm, Vanessa. <laughs> and how do you do that? Or are there days where you are feeling still anxious, even though that's something you've learned to manage, like speak to that a bit. If you can. Yeah, we'll definitely still have an anxious moments, but I find the only time I'm feeling anxious, well, one, when I'm hungry and my low blood sugar, but when I'm, <laughs> when I'm feeling right now, I'm, I'm speaking to you and I'm completely present with what you're saying and with what I'm saying. So I don't have time to be anxious. Anxiety to me is me worried about something that's going to happen in the, in the future. Um, that's something that we're, it's almost self-created. It can be, so it can stem from something, but we can also self-create it again back to just being present i'm present listening to you i'm listening to your words so i don't have time to be worried about my words and then when i'm speaking i'm just being mindful of even just the words that i'm sharing and i just feel more grounded and calm in my energy just from all the work that i do meditation is like i do that meditation every day and that's been life-changing for me what are some other tips that you would share with our listeners on being present? Just, I always say to my clients, if you feel like your mind is like anxious or worried or like into the future, just to bring your hand onto your heart. I know this is something that you would relate with and just connect to your breath and just to, to be here now and to look around and know that everything is okay in this moment and there's nothing to be anxious about. We don't want to ignore our anxiety. I, I always say we don't want to get rid of our anxiety. Like our anxiety is a messenger. I've learned to accept my anxiety. That's how I've become even more calm because I've learned that it's okay to have it. Where before, as soon as I've had a moment of it, I'm trying to get rid of it and fix it and you know, um, sweep it away. So just to connect to the present moment is just to hand on your heart, breathing and feeling the sensations in your body. And then just looking around and like looking at everything around you and knowing that this is the only, we're most powerful in the present moment. That's where our mm -hmm. most power is. Mm -hmm. Now I want to go back a little bit to you being an author. 
what made you want to write that style of book that was more of a short entry? Um, what drew you to that? There was no plan for that. I had people like recommending, like, are you going to write a book? So I finally, like, hey, why not? So then I just accumulated all of my work that I'd done throughout the years, like my post. And then I obviously wrote a, a lot of new material, but there was no, that again, that must have just been intuitively guided. I didn't look at other books to see if that's how people write. I just wrote it because that's what I felt like how I wanted to write it. Yeah. That's I, I am working on my third book, The Courage to Shine, and that's going to be written a little more differently, but kind of, the, kind of the same, but more in like, a, I want to talk about like the journey from being afraid to shine and show up as who you are and wearing the masks and trying to be who everybody else wants you to be to the journey of just becoming who you are meant to be and who you really are and allowing yourself to be seen and to shine and to be heard. Yeah. Beautiful. How do you, um, how do you shine? How do you, what do you do for fun? For fun? <laughs> yeah. Being so calm right now. Yeah. Pardon? My daughter, because she's hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just find my own moments of fun. I just, yeah. Um, and how do I choose to shine? Just being my authentic self. That's how we shine. We connect to our, and that's what I help my clients with. Um, I help them on a journey of self-love and soul truth. So I shine by just showing up as my authentic self without masks, without worried about what people will think. And I, that's something that we'll always have. We're just sensitive beings, a lot of us. So we'll always have that, but just doing it anyway, right? Like just showing up anyway. Well, I think I, I again said at the beginning of our podcast that I'm honored to call you a friend and I, I get to see that fun side of you, the calm side and the fun side being silly, just like listening to music or dancing. Um, so I really, really love that about you. What would you say to your younger self? I mean, especially you have a young daughter. Yeah, just to believe in yourself and just that it'll be okay. In the end, it's always okay. And anytime I've been worried about my children or worried about myself, I always hear my spirit guides. That's, um, and they say, it'll be okay. Like I literally will hear that clear as day. So even when it doesn't feel okay, it still is okay. So that's what I would say. It'll be okay. And we need to go through, we need to have suffering, right? Suffering is what grows us. So, but it's what we do with our, our suffering. Um, we can either let it overcome us or we can overcome our suffering and use it on our journey to help heal others. Like we've been through this and this is what I can help you with. That's beautiful. So I wanted to also to touch on your coaching. So we have you many different realms, Reiki master, spiritual guide, author, but you're also a coach and I, maybe you call that a guide. Can you share yeah. a little bit of insight to that? Yeah, I'm a spiritual guide. Um, I took life coaching courses, but I just connect with being a spiritual guide. So I used to have programs to help with my, help my clients, but I was really stuck on like thinking that I needed to do it a certain way. And then I realized that every person that comes to me is different. So I don't have a program. I do organic intuitive flow. So I literally just show up the person with the person from where they are right now in this moment. So nothing is planned. You know, I tell them to come to the call with a couple of questions if they have anything, but I find um, uh, doing guidance that way is 
very powerful and healing because it's what we need at that time. If I'm stuck on a program and think this is what they need, this is what I think they need, it doesn't work like that. I have to deep listen and know what they need so I can help serve them best. So it's all intuitive sessions. And if I feel like I want to send them meditation or articles or different things like that, I'll do that as well. Um, but yeah, just organic, intuitive and fluid like this. <laughs> so in your role, you have to show up for others pretty much every day. So how do you fill your own cup? Meditation, sitting in the garden, drinking my tea, going for walks, spending time with my family, reading books, baths, hot tub. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was quick. <laughs> oh, there's lots I do. I think that's like, like, again, I always, like self-love and not just like having baths, like that's not just self-love. It's just giving to ourselves what we need. And I find that we've lacked that a lot or we haven't had that a lot. Um, so that's like on my list of top things is to give to myself or I'm going to be completely depleted and I will not have anything to give to other people. Yeah. So yeah, taking care of myself all the time. And Beautiful. Also well, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like a lot of times I, my clients will say they feel selfish, like doing things for themselves. We've been made to almost believe that it's selfish to do things for ourselves, but it's selfless. Like we are who the only, we are the only person that we can, that we have, right. We come in this world as just ourselves and we leave. So we need by ourselves. So we need to fill ourselves up and take care of ourselves. Absolutely. I do say to my students that, on almost a daily basis that you have to take care of yourself so you can show up for others. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we may not fully understand that unless we have become a parent or uh, a teacher and maybe actually at those times, those are even more challenging times to really put yourself first. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we're always thinking about somebody else and then suddenly like we're feeling sick or we're, our body hurts or we're like, Really have no energy and we're like oh right what have I done for myself lately every day we should be doing several things for ourselves okay well last question Vanessa and what is your mantra or your motto for life what what is what is one thing you love to live by um just to believe in yourself with all of your heart just to believe in your dreams your goals the things that you love and you're passionate about just to have belief, like 100%, even when it comes to Reiki. I can't go in a room with a client and have like 80% of belief in the Reiki. Everything needs to be 100% for me. So there's no room for any doubt. And to believe in yourself just means um, just to know and trust and have faith that whatever it is that you want to do or become, that you, that you can be. There's no limitations or restrictions. Um, it just is. I, one of my quotes in my book is belief is the root of all creation. So what we believe we create. Beautiful. What we believe we create. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's why we have to be mindful of our thoughts, right? Our thoughts become a reality. What are we believing? What are we creating? Now, where can people learn more about you if they want to get in touch? Um, so on Facebook, just under my name, Vanessa Marie Dewsbury, I'm sure you probably link things in the show notes um that's on facebook instagram and then my youtube channel is 
which, with, which has my meditations is the soul evolution. And then I have my page, the soul evolution on Facebook. And my website is my name as well. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you for joining us today. It was so great to have you on our podcast expressions from the heart and thank you for being open and vulnerable. That seems to be the word for today. Thank you for your vulnerability and teaching us. Yes. And thank you for having me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to sit down and talk with you and yeah, be in this space with you. Great. Namaste. Thank you.